Hi, this is Glenn McLennan, creator of The Weird Reception, immersive story anthology. In this podcast, I'm going to talk about music and sound design for the project with composer Maxwell Sterling, with the goal of helping filmmakers and immersive storytellers with their projects. In today's podcast, we're going to talk with Maxwell about the origins of The Weird Deception and how we developed our filmmaker-composer working relationship. First off, let's talk about how uh, it all began and how I um, found composers. And this, I think, is going to be a surprise to a lot of people. They assume that when you're looking for composers for a movie project, or in this case, a transmedia immersive project, that there's some website for composers that you go and you post it and whatnot. And I actually did post on a variety of such sites, Mm -hmm. but surprise, surprise, uh, where I ended up finding you was Craigslist, Mm -hmm. um, which, and I actually got a number of, uh, you know, applicants that were pretty good, uh, but yours stood out. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your background and why why you would stand out to somebody (laughs) like me? Well, absolutely. I mean, thank you, um, Glenn. I mean, yeah, for me, um, I, I, w- I basically moved to LA a few years ago and just, you know, became fascinated with music for films and, and different kind of forms of narrative. And like you said, nobody, I think composers, directors, producers, they don't always necessarily know where to go to find the right composer. And um, so you sort of, I think, you know, uh, when you're eager to find new contacts, you kind of look in, in the oddest places sometimes. And um, at that time, yeah, I was looking at Craigslist LA specifically just to see what kind of work was around. And, you know, I would send off uh, resumes and demos and, you know, often wouldn't hear back or, you know, you might have to uh, do some kind of audition process. And, you know, often, often nothing would come of it. But um, I then thought, oh, well, why not look into other cities in, in America and New York, you know, being my second, being the, the, the choice after L.A. Uh, and, um, yeah, there was a bunch of stuff on there that sounded, you know, might be promising. But when I came across yours, Glenn, I, I instantly thought this is something that would really um, – be exciting to work on. I mean, I didn't have all the details at that point, but I already knew, I think from the, um, all the references that you put on there, that this was something that I would love to be involved with. And uh, I think from there, we, I think I emailed you, sent some music, and that was the beginning, really. Yeah. And I think um, one thing that was interesting is like, you know, as I said, there was other applicants that you know, seem like talented folks, but I think yours stood out because, you know, a lot of people, you know, I, I framed the project as it was a dark sci-fi horror piece, mm-hmm. you know, and I wanted sort of an electronic ambient um, score with some, you know, uh, cultural cues from different countries where stories happen. Mm-hmm. And then I'd have send, people send me like these big sweeping John Williams scores, <laughs> which were good. They were good, but they weren't, Right, and they weren't mm. what I said, and I think that's a one lesson for composers out there is like, you know, if somebody is very specific about the, what they want, mm-hmm. and you send them something that's completely different, <laughs> at least acknowledge that you're doing that. Because like these people would send me John Williams and say, "Oh, I think I have the dark ambient electronic score <laughs> just that you want," and and I so I'd expect that, and then uh, it would get something very different. I mean, and mm-hmm. in, in your stuff, like. 
you know, beyond, you know, having some stuff that uh, seemed, you know, along those lines, you, you had a good diversity, a good, you know, range. And mm. I think one thing that's important for all filmmakers out there when they're looking for a composer to think about is you think you know what you want, but when you get to actually doing the score, it may not work. Mm-hmm. And you may, you know, and we'll talk about it more, but like, with the main theme, we went through a lot of iterations mm. and, mm-hmm. you know, it wasn't, you know, uh, it was a good journey and I'm glad we got there, but it, it, you know, you have to, if you don't, if the composer doesn't have a broad range, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, what you initially think is right and why you hired them doesn't work, you're sort of stuck. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think for, for me, the timing was so great too, because I was pretty fresh out of you know uh, film music school where speaking of John Williams you know that he is considered God to most people and you know I I consider him a God too but you know I think um I think even when I was studying that I knew that my love of music wasn't just about well it wasn't just a classical thing where it wasn't just you know um for me music isn't just harmony melody rhythm I think it's it's you have to uh, have a fascination with sound too and i i believe that the two of us have a we have a pretty similar um you know maybe fascination with with sounds and textures and and you know a love for more kind of um i guess you'd say avant-garde music or you know electronic music that kind of blurs the boundaries between what is you know or you know blurs the boundaries of you know what is modern music and i think um for me working on the way deception it's it's like i say the timing was so great because I feel like not only um, did we create, you know, great work together, I think I really kind of grew and was able to try a lot of ideas out that I wouldn't have done with other projects, you know? Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, no, which I'm glad to hear that. And I think, you know, first off, I should say John Williams, uh, (laughs) I love his stuff. I don't want to speak uh, ill of him, but he's not right for everybody. And like, and that's the problem is like people, um, you know, are not necessarily that open-minded. A lot of directors have a very sort of monolithic view of, mm-hmm. you know, music composition. And I think, you know, somebody like David Fincher, for example, he shows so much openness mm-hmm. to really unique approaches to the sound design and music. And like, I, I think, you know, what you're describing is like the love of sound. It's like knowing that sometimes music is really on the borderline with sound design Mm -hmm. and becomes really as much sound design and ambience as it is music. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think Fincher, so like social network is a great example. Yes. A really great, a very unexpected score. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, likewise, the experimentation and part of why the process was so good Mm -hmm. was because you had that openness to experimentation and obviously you can't, let that go forever and it probably sometimes felt like it went on forever but it, it was you know it was very nice to sort of be able to sort of explore and really feel like we got it mm-hmm. like we feel, feel could feel good about it because we tried the things that we thought really were decent ideas mm-hmm. and you know one thing with a transmedia project and any sort of project that's trying to do something new from mm-hmm. a narrative perspective there's so many things that you don't have context for mm. and you don't know if a certain type of music is going to work, even though you might like the music. And, and I, more than once, I know I gave you notes that love this track, but it's not right. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of like to my point earlier about John Williams, like he's certainly right for some projects, but not for every project. And, and that's one of the, the, the note I least like to do as a filmmaker and storyteller is like, I love this track, but we can't use it. Because it just not, doesn't fit. 
Um, yes. I mean, that's a good problem to have because like oftentimes you'll find that you can use that track somewhere else. But, mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, like, but, but uh, having that discipline is so key because it just kind of like the kill your darling thing with editing or you gotta be willing to cut out shots you love, but Definitely. just aren't working, you know? So, no, it's so um, true. Yeah. I mean, I, I also think that with, um, I think the process of writing, I think you, you know, you gave me so much freedom too with this project because you know, there are some film video pieces um, that, that we've worked on together, but a lot of times I, I think the, the freedom at the start of the project was, it felt so great to me because I was, you, you know, we talked, you know, very much in depth about narrative and about themes and, you know, textures and, and tones to explore, but there wasn't, you know, I guess coming from what I'd done prior to, to this, I was doing a lot of kind of cartoon stuff, a lot of kind of, you know, uh, projects that need music that was really, you know, fits it very tightly and kind of is very on the nose, as they say. So for me, this was it was just such a, 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 a fun project to be able to have that exploration um, and sure. to not be too tightly you know, concerned with with hitting certain things visually, which I think actually is is a really great thing to have it more open. So we talked about John Williams. Uh, are there any other composers or music artists, you know, be they in or out of film, mm -hmm. that you sort of look to as inspiration or you just admire a lot? Mm, definitely. I mean, I think um, I think I always have like a, you know, a couple that are really like my most recent you know, kind of love affairs of, of composers. But I think like the ones that uh, remain constant, I'd say you know, going back a bit, I think somebody like Bernard Herrmann, uh, you know, writing scores for all the Hitchcock movies. I think his work really inspired me from an early age. And then from there onwards, a lot of, um, you know, film composers that are still, that are working now, like uh, Cliff Martinez, Clint Manziel. Uh, and um, I love the work of, you know, Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross, that their, their scores are really fantastic. Um, again, because that they're dealing with, they have a really interesting take on on melody, harmony, and rhythm, but also just the sounds. That they just, I think, as a modern composer, it's almost more of a four dimensional thing now. It's not just you know harmony, melody, and rhythm. So for me, I think I'm most inspired right now by these modern composers like uh, Trent Reznor, but also outside of the film world, people like Tim Hecker. He's a really big influence just, again, for his uh, almost kind of physical sensation you get from listening to his music. I think that really inspires me. And, uh, yeah, there's a whole list, but I'd say those are my kind of yeah. core um, group. And I think maybe perhaps we share a s similar, you know, inspirations, which I think always helps. Yeah, I think Tim Hecker, maybe I used him in the ad. Uh, and I think you putting those names on the on the ad, even though, you, like you say, you didn't necessarily want like a, a you know, a copy, I think it showed it kind of gave me a clear message that, okay, if, if this project needs music or, you know, is inspired by things like that, then there's, there is going to be a certain amount of freedom or there's going to be a certain kind of forward thinking about it. So I think that that was a, another good indication that this was something I really wanted to be part of. One thing that I, I feel pretty strongly about is when possible to avoid temp tracks mm -hmm. because when you do a temp track, you start to get fixed on it. Mm -hmm. And like the doing a tip track from the composer is fine because mm -hmm. it can be like maybe a, a primal version of the eventual like track you use, but using like an existing piece of music that you, you end up just sort of fixating on it. And it's just a, it's a recipe for, 
for sort of limiting yourself. Mm -hmm. you know? Oh, yes. Yeah, I mean, I've definitely experienced that a lot with other projects. I won't name any names or anything, but um, I, I've definitely, you know, they call it temp love or temp hate. And I, I guess, you know, it's putting temp music gives you, it's almost like it gives you like a little kind of um, a few clues perhaps, you know, as to what the director or producer wants. But I think it always, from as soon as you hear it, the first note, you know, you're kind of doomed because you will never get that out of your head. Even if you do something completely different, again, for, for the word deception, you know, we, we, there were certain artists or, or music that we both had in mind that, that inspired us both. But yeah, as far as I remember, you never gave me, you know, you never said copy this, which you'd be surprised that that happens so often in this, right. uh, in this field. So it's that, you know, really helps yeah. me. I think because I share the, the fear of getting stuck with a, a, a temp track, like even saying, make it like this, it, it's just, it's a dangerous road. Cause you know, mm. you're, you're very creative and original, uh, but like, even so, if you're like thinking of a model, your the brain naturally just starts, starts sinking to it. You know, there was definitely times where we point to like tracks and say, this does such and such element really well mm -hmm. how like we you know would an analyze something but i think it's just a good rule of thumb to like avoid saying make it like so and so that's it for today if you'd like to check out more of the podcast or music from the weird deception check out our channel on soundcloud and if you want to visit the weird deception site it's weirddeception.com that's w-y-r-d-e-c-e-p-t-i-o-n.com thanks for listening Thank you.